Welcome to machine learning. I want to talk today about API monitoring, <clears throat> cybersecurity. Um, so, one of the interesting case points that is being talked about is the data breach where 50, 50 million customers of T-Mobile had lost part of their, had ex, some of their data had been stolen. And the way that the hackers did this was they, they uh, found an API endpoint that was not secure and then they harvested uh, probably it was emails. Now, um, that led to a lawsuit, and I, there was a $350 million settlement, and then also $150 million was committed over uh, two years to uh, increase the cybersecurity or the endpoint security. And the way they did this was API monitoring. Monitoring. So what is API monitoring? Well, in some ways, it's just performance testing. Uh, you, you're looking to see how long it takes for the API to or endpoint, which is could be hundreds or thousands of function calls. You're looking at those endpoints to see how long it takes to retrieve data or transact data um, per endpoint. And then you're also looking at the uh, amount of data that is returned, type of data that is returned, and the frequency in which these calls are made. So if, uh, let's say on the average, the frequency call was uh, 10 transactions per second. And all of a sudden you jump to 200 transactions per second. That might be an indication that that endpoint is very active uh, above the norm. So it might, the transactions might be on the hour, they might, might be on the uh, minute, or even on the second. And so you're you're watching these load, and in the case of T-Mobile, maybe if they had been had the API monitoring, they could have seen that uh, there was unusual activity that was affecting the retrieval of the endpoint. So now, how is security done usually for the endpoint? Well it's usually token-based, and that's the traditional way, and secure encrypted communication over the line. Uh, so how do you get the token? Well, the popular method to get the token is through a refresh token. So uh, you have a refresh token, you pass that, that's, a, that's embedded in, uh, in a configuration file usually a .json file in C-sharp or .NET Core. And uh, 
you use that refresh token to get a access token. So the access token is only good for a certain amount of time, and then it expires, maybe usually 24 hours. And then you have to use the refresh token to generate a new access token. And some systems um, are more aggressive about how often that uh, access token is generated. It, it may even be as short as a few minutes. And then the system has to go through and uh, use the refresh token to get the access token. Now, if you were, if you didn't have the refresh token, uh, you would use multi-phase authentication. So you would have uh, an email and password, and then you may have a challenge question, or in some cases, uh, in most cases now, you would uh, receive a number on your phone, and then you would input that number, and that would then authenticate and return a token that was good for a, usually a JOT token, uh, and it would be good for a certain amount of time. Once you have that token, then you would put that in your header as you do transactions, and then the framework in .NET Core would receive that token and use that for authentication. So um, on the authentication side, it will have to look at what servers can make these requests. So you know you have uh, a a setup of the OAuth, um, Owen, sorry, Owen on the library side, and you have a source and destination API set up, and you tell it what the scopes are and so forth. For, so it is security on the development side is complex because you can create security by roles. And um, and then on the endpoint, you can enumerate what roles can have access to that particular endpoint. So the way to turn on the security on the controller or the web API controller, this is your publicly facing HTTP through the HTTP server, is to use the key decorator word authorization. authorization. And what a decorator is, is just a wrapper class. So there's a security wrapper class that you can decorate uh, the endpoints with. And they will then go through and check the scopes and check the authorization token to access token, sorry, not authorization, access token. Um, and, you know, 
.NET Core also protects you against cores. So the the endpoint cannot be accessed externally. So if I have a if I don't have cores turned off, if I have cores turned on, that endpoint can only receive calls within the server. And so that's very reassuring because you don't want server-to-server -server communication with your endpoint. And um, that's built into the .NET Core security. So a very strong feature is cores protection against uh, endpoint intrusion or denial of service. So, you know, one of the things that developers get in the habit of is time to market. So they, they're in a hurry to build the structure. You know, developer costs are expensive, and so the the endpoints are created, and security uh, concerns are done at the testing level, but if the endpoint uh, were required to be public and then and it and security was not implemented on it, then it is possible that it could get harvested and so the Security on endpoint would have to be monitored. So, just looking, you have an officer that's monitoring endpoint activity, and when endpoint activity exceeds a certain threshold, it may trigger an alert. And that alert um, would then look, have monitoring software where they can look where. The uh, where the calls are coming. So if there's if external calls are being made to that endpoint from a uh, a foreign IP address, that could be blocked at the router or firewall. And typically, what you would want to have is your servers behind the DMZ. So that you don't let any IP address through the router or firewall uh, talking directly to your server. So you isolate that server away from all other activity. And so the client makes a call, passes the uh, authentication credentials, it's the either the, the access token is generated, so you can have a you can have .NET Core generate a token for you, uh, a JOT token, or in a case where I've described, you can use the refresh token to the trusted source, which might be a, a third-party source, and. Then that third-party source will generate your access 
token and send it back to you. And then with that access token, you can use that to do your transactions with the third party. And that third party might be uh, a vendor like Salesforce or uh, some online accounting or an inventory program like EasyRent. So these, these features of endpoint access are increasingly more important as the systems get more complicated. And the monitoring of activity becomes more important as companies have to expose public API endpoints so that their customers can access and transact, transact data. And so it's almost like, and it is like, a program functionality exposed through the endpoint. So those are my thoughts on uh, API monitoring.